Red Sky, written by I Know a Writer, performed by Mira Collier and the Castle Crash Ted. Sarah could barely remember what it had been like before. Was there ever a time when they had slept next to each other? She dimly recalled a chamber full of candles, soft sheets, and Kian's warm body there with hers. It was like a dream so long ago. No, she thought, not long ago. Just a lot had happened in between. There had been that time before when the world was normal, when problems were just problems, before hell was unleashed upon the world. Now, like other survivors, they lived on the move, on the run, always fighting for their lives, always watching the skies, the ground, everywhere. She remembered a time when they weren't always hungry, when eating had merely been a choice of where to go. Now they found food and water where they could. The ruins of the cities could still provide sustenance, but it was getting harder. They were harassed by crazed survivors and hunted by demons from the fires of hell. She remembered a time when their whispers were of love, not of tactical survival. Now they never spoke, using only gestures or hand signals to communicate. She remembered when they lay in the bed of their truck looking at the stars, wrapped in freshly laundered blankets and nothing else. Now the sky was red, and Sarah's clothes stank of her, of fear, of running, of fires and blood. They were stiff in places, worn in others. She slept inside her truck while he watched from above. They lived so close to the edge now. They were always so close to death, so close to one another, yet they had never been farther apart. Kian woke her with a gentle caress to her hair. Anything else, she would snap out like a spring wound too tight. Sarah looked up, instantly awake, instantly aware. But his face was calm, so no danger. It was simply time for her to stand watch. His hand moved down from her hair and traced the sharp line of her jaw. For just a moment, she saw a tenderness in Kian's eyes. It was a rare gift, something bright in this gloomy place that was never night, never day, always cloudy with smoke from burning cities, burning bodies. As soon as she saw it, the tenderness was hidden away again. But to know it was still there lightened her heart. Sarah smiled, her face unused to moving that way. How long had it been since she last smiled? The look in his eye returned, and he gave a weak smile back. He was tired. Sarah took his hand from her jaw, and he helped her up to her feet. Her leg hadn't been right since a beam landed on it and pinned her to the ground. If it hadn't been for Kian... So now it hurt to stand up. It hurt to walk. It hurt when she fought. It just hurt. Kian laid down in the spot she had left, just enough room for one of them in a small, clear space in the back seat, the only safe spot they had. He closed his eyes and was instantly asleep. She fought the urge to watch him. There was a peace on his face that was no longer there when he was awake. It was hard to be at peace when you were always fighting to live. Instead, she found her spot at the back of the truck and watched the skies, watched the ground, watched everywhere for signs of trouble. Trouble was not long in coming. A shimmering was her first clue. They were always hot, these creatures that sprang from the ground or fell from the sky. Sarah grabbed Spike, an eight-foot-long metal pole like a boar pole from long ago. She could not remember where she'd seen one of these. So much of who she used to be had faded, put away to survive. 
The shimmering grew closer. She watched, waiting. With a loud snap, the ground cracked and a creature jumped out, landing near her truck. It was bigger than she had seen. Bigger was usually bad. She braced Spike against the inside wall of the truck bed. The metal on plastic sound whipped the head of the creature around to face her. In a smooth motion, it leaped onto the tailgate, and Sarah ran Spike through its body up to the crossbar. The creature laughed. They could not be killed or hurt by simply running metal through their body. It said something to her in a tongue as foul as its breath, then grabbed the metal pole protruding from its chest. Before he could wrench it out, she flipped a switch on Spike. An electric current powered by a series of flashlight batteries in a hollow pole ran through the demon. It was one of the few weapons they found that could kill these things. The electricity caused it to convulse, its own grotesque muscles tearing it apart until there was nothing left but a twitching mass of muscle and bone. She heard a sound behind her. Kian was standing on top of the truck, his small pistol in hand. They each carried one. It would not hurt the demons. Sarah knew it was meant for her. They had seen what happened to humans who were carried off by the demons. They had stumbled upon a school maybe a month ago, a place that seemed to be a refuge of some kind, but all the inhabitants were dead. It must have taken some of them days to die. The images of them were still there whenever she closed her eyes. After that, they decided death was better than being captured. With a heavy breath, he put the pistol back into its small holster. She could see relief on his face. It would have been an act of love and kindness she knew, but not one either of them relished performing. Kian nodded at her and looked over her handiwork. Together, they pulled Spike from the ruined remains of the creature. Sarah began stripping out the old batteries and replacing them from their massive store. It was ironic. There were more batteries at the end of the world than they would ever need littered about the ruins. Toilet paper as well but no food. They'd eaten the last of it two days ago. A sound thumped in the distance and a flash lit the clouds. It sounded like gunfire, which was foolish. Firing a gun only brought more of the creatures and holes in the body did not affect them. Only two things worked. Fill them with electricity or remove and destroy the head. Because of that, she's carried Spike. And Kian carried his long sword, another relic from a past life. They peered over the roof of the truck in the direction the thumps came from. They didn't sound like normal gunfire. There was a thud and then a crump. A thud and a crump. He motioned they should take a look. She shook her head. Was he kidding? Head into a battle? Creatures would be swarming all over the place. He reached into the truck and pulled out his bow and a brace of arrows. Each had been fitted with a blasting cap and gunpowder. They usually exploded on contact. Usually. Kian looked at her, jerked his chin toward the sounds, and then jumped down and began running in the direction of the gunfire. Sighing, Sarah finished loading Spike. Kian was doing this more and more, running off towards the danger instead of away from it. She was not eager to join whatever battle was going on, but she also wasn't willing to let him out of her sight. He was her last link to the past world, the only anchor to not living as hunted animals. Besides, he was getting reckless lately. It was like he wanted to die to leave this hell. She needed to keep an eye on him. She needed him alive so that she would not go crazy. She got in the truck and started it up. It was time to move anyway. Once they'd been in an area too long, demons began to sense them somehow. And after killing one, more would come. She drove up a small ridge and looked for Kian. He was a good distance ahead. She caught up to him and slowed so he could jump in the back. 
They topped a small rise and saw the battle. There was a line of cargo trucks, most of them on fire now. Around them were military Humvees with topside gunners. They would fire the gun and a demon would explode, either explosive rounds or grenades shot off. She was learning far more about weapons than she wanted to. The explosions would damage the demon, hit it hard enough to knock it out of the fight, sometimes blowing the head off, killing it. The demons were working very systematically, something she'd never seen them do, picking off the Humvees one at a time. Normally they just swarmed over their target. This time they were sending in smaller creatures to soak up the grenade blasts, then heavy creatures would leap, crashing into the sides of the Humvees, knocking the gunners off. She stopped the truck, wanting to be as quiet as possible. Actually, she wanted to be anywhere but here. But there was Kian, moving his way down towards the battle, getting into bow range. Sarah grabbed Spike and her satchel of batteries and headed out to join him, cursing in her head each time her injured leg hit the ground. Sarah dropped in beside him in a small ditch on the side of an old frontage road. Kian had his field glasses out, scanning the area, looking for something. He must have found it, for he handed her the glasses. He pointed to a large creature with a huge head hanging back from battle. She stared for a moment, then pulled the glasses away to ask what it meant, but he was already standing, fitting an arrow to his bow. He fired, the heavy arrow traveling a graceful arc. It landed just short, but it did not explode. Wordlessly, he fitted a second arrow, aimed higher, and loosed it. The arrow landed on the back of the huge-headed creature and exploded, blowing its head into red and yellow chunks that landed on the ground with sickening plops. The effect on the attacking demons was more amazing than she expected. Some scattered, ignoring the survivors of the convoy, ignoring her, scampering over the wreckage of the battle and into the surrounding ruins. Others began attacking one another, or the Humvees, or the burning trucks, or the few survivors. Soon everything living had left the battlefield or had been killed. Kian crawled out of the ditch and moved forward to check the area out. Sarah followed, moving as quietly as she could. They skirted the line of burning trucks to where the creature with the massive head had been. There he stopped and looked through the wreckage of it. The brain, what was left of it, was a more complex organ than they'd seen, and she'd seen more than enough demon brains by now. He was looking at her, wondering if she'd pieced it together. She nodded. This one had been coordinating the others, leading the attack. They were seeing smarter and stronger demons lately. The last one she had killed had spoken to her, something she'd never encountered before. There was a moaning sound from one of the wrecked Humvees. They moved over the rough terrain as quickly as they could, every moan of the wounded person like a beacon. The demons hunted you by sound. The human voice carried far through the dirt and air to attract them. They found a man crushed by the caved-in roof of his vehicle. He was bleeding from his head, and a leg and arm was badly torn apart, but he was awake, watching them. He motioned with his free arm. Closer. He wanted them closer. She slung Spike and pulled out her pistol. If it was a trick, she wanted to be ready. Her partner kept his sword out, good against humans and demons. They knelt down beside him to her horror. He began whispering. Not far. Maybe fifteen miles. Safety. He pointed, wincing with the motion. 
Sarah looked, not where he was pointing, but everywhere else for signs of demons. They wouldn't be long now with this man talking. I'm part of a resupply caravan. Each truck has food, medicine, ammunition. Sarah looked over. Most of the trucks were burning, but three were away from the fires and looked whole, except for the smashed front windows. The drivers must have been killed in the attack. Take me there. Please, help me. The wounded man's breathing became shallow. They needed to get out of there, she thought. His voice, the attack. It was all too tempting a target, and the area would soon be swarming with death. To her surprise, Kian laid down his sword and began trying to clear the debris away from the injured man. With a sudden start, Sarah realized this was not just a beacon for more danger, but a fellow human. He was hurt. It was like she'd forgotten compassion, forgotten that other survivors were more than just competition for dwindling food supplies. She looked questioningly at Kian. He was busy trying to move the man's chair out of the Humvee, trying to gain space to free him. She touched his arm. He looked at her, and there were tears in his eyes and a hunger. It was not just the normal hunger of not enough food. There was something more in this, a feral need for something. Then she understood the word the man had said. Safety. He wanted to go where they would be safe, where they didn't have to watch their backs every second, where they would have time to be human again. All of this was conveyed in his glance to her, and she began to feel it too, a hunger to be safe again, or at least feel safe. Sarah helped him move the seat out, and with it, the injured man. They carried him over to one of the trucks and carefully placed him inside. She was not sure how long he would last, or what they were doing. Her partner motioned her into the truck behind this one. What? she shrugged. Kian made driving motions. He wanted them to each drive a truck to the place the wounded man had indicated. But what about her truck? Sarah asked by pointing. Kian shook his head. Leave it. She shook her head violently. No! He reached out and touched her shoulder. She tried to ignore the feelings that were trying to surface when he touched her and think it through. She was torn. Logically, Kian was right. It will be safe for now. She had the keys in her pocket and the demons wouldn't attack it. But it was full of things they needed. Batteries, toilet paper, a cook kit, sharpening stone, supplies for more arrows, their first aid kit. It wasn't that, though. The two trucks they would be driving contained more supplies than they could ever carry in her truck, and taking the two trucks would be twice as good for wherever they were going. Then she understood what Kian was doing. Bring the trucks and the wounded man, and they would be guaranteed safe passage into whatever haven the man was talking about. They could drive the trucks away for themselves, but then what? They'd have two big trucks full of stuff. They'd be vulnerable. They could simply restock her truck and continue on for a month or two before food became an issue again. But the thought of safety and fellow humans helping each other, that was a rare thing. One worth seeking out. Despite the danger of staying where they were any longer than necessary, Kian watched patiently as Sarah thought it through. Once she reached the same conclusion, she nodded and started to leave for the next truck in line. He reached out and grabbed her arm, spinning her towards him. Sarah could see in his eyes that he wanted to express something, some thanks for leaving her the truck, perhaps. It touched her that he cared. She smiled for him, trying to really mean it. His face softened. He knew it was a forced smile, but that she even tried meant a lot to him. Kian caressed her cheek, causing long, dormant feelings in her to open up. She spun to leave before she gave in to the animal instinct within her. They had to get moving. She couldn't imagine they'd be safe here any longer. The front window of the truck she chose was cracked to the point of being useless. Sarah kicked it out with her good foot and put on her sunglasses. She still kept them to keep the dust out of her eyes, but the red sky was never bright enough to need them anymore. 
They started up the trucks and moved out. Kean rammed his truck into the Humvees to clear them from the road, and then they were off. He must have been getting instructions from the wounded man, for he followed a jagged line across the remaining streets. They hit a clear straightaway and took off, moving faster than she was comfortable with in these cumbersome vehicles. Not that she would have had it any other way. Better to get as much distance between them and the battle site as possible. After ten or fifteen minutes of white-knuckled driving, they reached a barricaded wall reinforced with a metal mesh. She could see windmills turning in the constant breeze and understood why this place was safe. There was a metal mesh running over the walls and a canopy of the same material stretched over the top. The demons could not handle electricity. The windmills provided it, the mesh distributed it, and the demons feared it. She took a deep breath and let it go. She realized that she'd hardly been breathing the whole drive over here, so tense had she been. They went around the wall until they found a massive pile of demon bodies, thousands of them. There was a path cleared between them as by bulldozer. They followed the path to a heavily dented but strongly fortified gate. At the sight of their trucks, the gate began to open. Demons began stirring in the ruins behind her truck. She could see them in the mirror. Kian must have seen them too, for he gunned his engine. The gate was still opening at a crawl. She could see smaller demons catching up to her, closing fast. She had probably seconds. Then, an arc of arrows sped over her truck to blossom orange fires behind her. Demons were burning, coming through still, but greatly slowed down as limbs were charred into uselessness. Sarah got her truck through the gate and into the waiting guns and bows of an inner courtyard. She slammed on the brakes to keep from hitting the back of Kian's truck, stopped against the inner gate. Shaking, she drew in a ragged breath. Her fingers hurt when she released the steering wheel so tightly had she held on, but they made it. They were safe, she thought, at least until a wave of gun barrels advanced on her. Sarah stayed in the truck and kept her hands in view. The sound of gunfire made her wince until she realized they were clearing off the back of her truck using a rifle with a ridiculously large barrel. Two guards passed by her door. She noticed they were clean. Their hair, their clothes, their skin, everything looked freshly scrubbed and dirt-free. Guards on a walkway above the inner gate waved them through. She followed Kian's truck into the inner part of the complex. There was a yellow bulldozer on the left, the large blade streaked with blood. There were several buildings, some makeshift shacks and tents of all shapes and sizes. A short man with a machine gun directed them to a clear space next to the bulldozer. She slowly opened the door and stepped out, grabbing Spike from the dashboard and tried to be as non-threatening as a woman with a long, sharp cattle prod can be. The guards looked behind her into the cab. She stood aside and glanced at the first truck. Kian was there, talking to a man with a gleaming bald head. It took her a moment for that to sink in. Kian was talking out loud. He never spoke anymore. There was an unexpected pang of jealousy. She was longing for conversation. She realized she hardly felt human anymore. And when he did, there was a strange look in his eye. It took her a moment to realize his face had lost some of its worried look, the eyes more relaxed and his mouth not so tight. Kian saw her looking at him and gave a genuine smile. She tried to smile back but there was a lump in her throat. You okay? 
Sarah jumped at the sound of a voice. One of the guards was looking at her, assessing her. Sarah nodded. She wasn't really okay, but there was nothing this person could do about it. What happened out there? the guard asked again. She had pale, clean skin and black hair beneath her Kevlar helmet. Where to begin? How to answer that question? Sarah felt everything spinning. Black spots formed in front of her eyes. She grabbed Spike for support and took a deep breath, trying to clear her vision. There was something in her chest, trying to get out. A great ball of sorrow and fear trying to escape all at once. It came up as a single massive sob, which, to her own horror, turned into a scream. It was the scream she'd not been able to give voice to for six months. She'd seen horrors beyond her worst imaginings, been hurt, trapped, bled, starved for food, starved for safety. She'd been so scared for so long, running for her life, watching friends die, seeing strangers turn into desperate animals who would kill her for food watching the man she loved turn into something hard and cold, something turned away from her. She was starved for attention, for love, companionship, humanity. Seeing these people who looked so normal in comparison to herself, talking like there was no danger in it, she heard feet running. Her scream had died down into more shaking sobs. The black spots before her eyes were getting larger, blotting out the world. That was fine with her. The world could go fuck itself for all she cared. Let it just slip away. She was falling. Someone caught her. Kian's voice said, It's okay. You're safe now. 